The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. This is not a buy, sell or hold recommendation for any particular security. Welcome to 91's 2024 Investment Views. In this series of conversations, our investment professionals and portfolio managers will explore their views for the year ahead and assess the outlook for their asset classes and regions. Hello, my name is Atul Shin, Investment Director at 91, and I'm delighted to welcome Deirdre Cooper and Graham Baker, Co-Portfolio Managers of Global Environment, for a discussion on their views and the outlook for 2024, specifically relating to decarbonisation-focused equities. Before we delve into our views for the year ahead, Graham, can you please explain what has driven the volatile performance for decarbonisation equities in the past year? Yes, thanks Atul. Our decarbonisation universe has had a tough year relative to global equities. And there are really two specific drivers of that underperformance. The first is relating to the cost of capital and rising interest rates that we've seen across many parts of the world, particularly in the US. And this rising interest rate environment has had a negative impact on clean utilities and on renewable energy equities. It's really all around market expectations for where rates will go next. And historically, we have seen utilities outperform post the last rate rise. The second area of underperformance is really regarding Chinese equities and those decarbonisation names that are originating from China. We know there's been a huge amount of pessimism around Chinese equities and specifically around some of the decarbonisation names, and that has really created significant underperformance for those names. Thank you, Graham. Now, if I turn to you, Deirdre, with this context in mind, How do you see 2024 playing out? Look, as Graham said, the cost of capital does matter. If we want the world to move from investing the 1.7 trillion or so that will be invested in climate this year to something closer to the 6 to 10 trillion that is needed to meet net zero targets, then all other things being equal, we would prefer a lower cost of capital. Having said that, where we are today is that the market is telling us that at 5% or so on on US long-term interest rates, we can't afford to transition. And that simply isn't the case. In fact, across our space, generally speaking, where we are today is the clean is still significantly cheaper than the dirty. So that's the case for about 86% of global um, electricity demand, the only exception being some small areas with, with very cheap domestic fossil resources like like gas in Russia or or coal in Indonesia. It's also the case, actually, if we look more broadly across the space, if we look at investments in in efficiency, if we look at electric car sales. So, so, So once again, the market tends to be quite myopic, focus very, very closely on US demand and forget a little bit the rest of the world. So if we look at EVs in particular, um, about 15%, a little bit less or so of global electric car demand sits in North America. China's by far and away the biggest at almost 60% of that market. And, And Europe is also very important. So while demand has slowed a little bit in the US, it continues to accelerate in China and the rest of the world. And we see enormous opportunities 
to pick up really great companies across our space that have underperformed because of negative sentiment driven by a, a concern over higher interest rates, but actually have pretty exciting fundamental growth, revenues, earnings and return outlook. Thank you, Deirdre. Now let's focus a bit more onto the China opportunity. What is it about China that makes it so attractive, so compelling from a bottom-up stock picker's perspective? Absolutely. I mean, first of all, if you think about where policy is in China, of course, we're all worried about inflation and rising interest rates. We're not worried about we're worried about disinflation in China. We've seen the cost of capital come down, and of course, that has unleashed very significant growth in our sector in China, which has to a large extent been been overlooked because of that just general negative sentiment on Chinese equities. So so to give you some examples, we've seen about 160% year-on-year growth in solar installations in China. In the first six months of this year, um, China installed the entire UK electricity grid in solar, just in six months. And that growth continues to accelerate. Um, I've talked about some of those dynamics in electric car sales. In fact, if we look at China from a a top-down policy perspective, we increasingly see the so-called new three renewables, batteries, and electric cars as the area um, that is in in focus to drive growth and employment going forward. I think there's an acknowledgement that the property sector that has carried so much of the weight of growth and employment in, in the economy over the last decade won't be able to do that role going forward. And hence, our sector is a key policy um, focus area, has received significant support, is beginning to drive a large export industry. We see Chinese companies with significant competitive advantages gaining market share overseas and some really interesting investment opportunities. So that means that um, as we look across, for example, the solar value chain, we see some interesting opportunities in inverters or glass. As we look um, through the electric car value chain, we see interesting opportunities in capital equipment, in in some of the higher quality battery manufacturers, um, and in heat management components. As is always the case with our sector in China, you do have to tread carefully. Not every company has a competitive advantage. There are absolutely parts of our sector where this policy impetus has led to some oversupply and overinvestment. And we need to focus on the companies that can not only capitalise on the growth, but also generate good margins and returns. Thank you, Deirdre. Now, Graham, we've talked a lot about renewables and electric vehicles. What else or where else in the opportunity set do you find attractive opportunities that excite you? Yes, there's lots of exciting sub-themes that sit within our decarbonisation universe. When we look across areas such as biotechnology, we're really excited. If you think about the food and agriculture supply chain and how, as a planet, we might start to decarbonise that, biotech could have a really exciting role to play. Biotech could also help to deal with capturing carbon, or even things such as enzymatic recycling to help us deal with plastics. So there's lots of opportunities there. We're also seeing strong regulations helping to support energy efficiency-related names, whether that's insulation for roofs or other energy efficiency growth opportunities across the world. And finally, if we look further out, we see a potentially exciting opportunity within green hydrogen. Now, that is a very long-term, lumpy opportunity. 
And we need to be highly focused and select those names that are actually generating strong returns on capital in quite a nascent industry where many companies are loss-making currently. Thank you, Graham. Finally, let's think about some of the risks that 2024 might pose. We have, towards the end of 2024, the US presidential elections, and there is also um, some thought around whether 2024 will see a global growth slowdown. How do you see these developments impacting global environment? Graham, if I start with you. Yes, when we think about global growth going forward, there's a question mark over whether it will be challenged. And we have been running what we think is a more conservative base case in our intrinsic value company models. Here we've been running an assumption that we're seeing a recession this year and next year as we move forward in time. And what this has meant is that we're seeing less intrinsic value upside in some of those more cyclically exposed names relative to significant upside in those pure play structural growth names levered to some of the key areas we've discussed earlier, such as the renewables value chain, utilities, or electric vehicles. And Deirdre, on the US election front? Look, it's going to be a very challenging election year. Um, I think we're going to have to watch the third-party candidates. They're going to be important. People like Cornel West, uh, RFK Jr. Um, It's going to be a tight race right down to the end. I think uh, President Trump will unquestionably campaign on rolling back the Inflation Reduction Act. He's already um, been very public on that front. We have to be careful, though, in um, extrapolating that as widespread Republican um, concern over Inflation Reduction Act, because, of course, about two-thirds of the investment um, associated with the Inflation Reduction Act has gone into to Republican states. So, so when you saw President Trump talk about electric cars as un-American, the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, who's, who's also a Republican, was very quick um, to, to, to come back and point out that he felt electric cars were extremely American because a lot of them were made in his home state, um, which I think tells you that you know, getting a rollback, a wide-scale rollback of Inflation Reduction Act through Congress um, will be incredibly difficult. It is something um, that will be talked about. We'll continue to monitor that risk. Um, but ultimately, our view is the most likely option is, is maybe some small parts are changed or perhaps um, additional subsidies for the fossil fuel industry. But the headlines next year will be much worse than the fundamentals. So there'll be some real opportunities. Thank you very much, Deirdre and Graham. This podcast is a marketing communication and is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views of the podcast are those of contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. In South Africa, 91 is an authorised financial services provider.